pretty good one yeah it's mm-hmm. not one that's similar to another one that you've asked no i think okay. i got a good one all right i don't know what we're going to talk about with this movie but i guess we'll figure it out what do you mean there's so much to discuss you know how we talk a lot about doing like live commentaries for movies yes this is one that while we were watching it i thought to myself what would people be listening to right now? <laughs> because there's a lot of silence. There's so much silence in this movie. Well, there was a lot of silence from us. I feel like normally well, we have a pretty good commentary. There's also a lot of silence in this movie and a lot of scenes with just music. Yes. There's not much to comment on. We'll <laughs> talk about that. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit that they deserve. I am Nigel from a journey into film.com and with me is my stunning wife Caitlin. Hello. And this week we are finishing up our David Dakota miniseries with the 1989 film Deadly Embrace. Yeah, yeah. Which if I am understanding IMDb nomenclature correctly, was a direct-to-video movie. No, you don't say. Wouldn't surprise me. He made a lot of <laughs> direct-to-video stuff. Um, and some of you might be saying, Nigel, why are you finishing up with this movie? This is what Vinegar Syndrome had, <laughs> and this is what I bought. And honestly, I don't know how many more David Dakota movies we can watch. All of them? I mean, do you really want to watch any of the 1313 movies? Yes, all of them. Binge. One weekend. Non-stop. That sounds awful. It sounds amazing. You know, uh, so you know how we talked in our first week of doing this series about how he's doing a lot more um, stuff that is um, like geared towards a gay audience? Yes. Did you get any of that in this movie because I feel like there was a very long butt shot yeah. for in the shower. Yes. Yeah. On Chris Thompson. Yeah. But there was a lot of just footage of people naked in this movie. In that general. made no sense. No. And some of it did make sense, but was happening far too long. Yeah. So this movie was another one of the David Dakota directed as Ellen Cabot movies. Uh, Again, I don't know why. Perhaps because reasons. I feel like I really wish that someone had asked him why direct under a pseudonym rather than why did you pick that pseudonym? 
Yeah, didn't didn't the movie say it was like produced by David Dakota but directed by Ellen Cabot? Yeah, his name's on it as a producer, but not as a director. Maybe he has like a split personality thing, and like the split personality was the one that directed the film. So now we're gonna start reading too much into <laughs> the people who direct these movies. I think that's what it's come to. Okay, that's good. Uh, Caitlin, would it surprise you if I told you this this movie was shot in five days? Nope. Would it also surprise you if I told you that all of Michelle Bauer's scenes were shot after the movie had finished filming? No. Would it Let me just stop you right there. Nothing will surprise me, no. <laughs> uh, one more question. Okay. Would it surprise you if Jan Michael Vincent the husband, mm-hmm. Stuart Moreland, mm-hmm. shot all of his scenes in two days and provided his own wardrobe. <laughs> that seems accurate. I pretty much go into a David Dakota movie assuming that everyone provided their own wardrobe. Yeah. And also the house either belongs to one of the actors, a producer, or David Dakota himself. Yes. Because we're pretty sure that this is the same house from, what was the last one we did? Murder Weapon. I believe it is. Which, if IMDb can be trusted, is the same house from Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama and Nightmare Sisters. Would not surprise me. It would surprise me for Sorority Babes and Nightmare Sisters because that house looks completely different. It does, but we don't know how big that house is, so maybe it was just a different part of the house. True. But we're definitely certain that it's Murder Weapon and Deadly Embrace yes, were shot in the same for house. for sure. For sure. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the actors in this movie. The... Four, five-ish actors. Yeah. So you got the the uh, the husband Stuart Moreland, who really okay. I per usual when we talk about these movies, nobody really did anything with their lives. No. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent, arguably the best actor in the movie, and one of the more attractive ones. Um, he was just in a lot of weird stuff. He was in a movie called Jurassic Women, which sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, Ice Cream Man as Detective Glifford, which we should watch Ice Cream Man. It's got some Clint Howard action in it. Let's do it. Seems like a good horror comedy, maybe. Uh, indecent Behavior, Hidden Obsession, lots of uh, lots of those um, erotic thrillers that came out. After Basic Instinct. There's one other movie that he was in that I thought was interesting. But maybe I'm getting him confused with somebody else. Charlotte Moreland, who played... uh, Or Mindy Miller, who played Charlotte. She was actually in Brian De Palma's Body Double. Okay. So that's a career high for her. Mm -hmm. But something that I thought was interesting about her is that she apparently performs like all of her stunt work. That's pretty cool. Because her father was a stuntman. Oh, okay. But the thing that I think is interesting, if you're a stunt person, you should be trained in how to use firearms. However, 
in the movie, she carried that gun around as if she had never touched a gun a day in her life because she did Maybe not practice. Maybe that was like a character choice. Maybe. If it was, I mean, it was a good one, but it was <laughs> um, also terrifying. Um, she was in, in Batman Returns. Uncredited as a goon for the penguin. Love it. Um, Ruth Collins, she's in a bunch of like weird erotic stuff. I think she was in at least one or two other David Dakota movies. And Ken Abraham, who played Chris, he actually is has a very good career as an editor. He worked on um, he worked on Ancient Aliens, The Real Housewives of New York, Jersey Shore Family Vacation, America's Next Top Model for at least an episode. Which, you know, editing is a difficult thing to do. Absolutely. And if he has a lot more credit as that than as an actor, which he should, um, more power to him. But maybe he was the one that was in something that I thought looked really interesting. Um, let me see. Looking. Marked for Murder by Rick Sloan sounded pretty good. Um... Oh, Vice Academy. He's in Vice Academy, which is another Linnea Quigley movie. Okay. And Hobgoblins. <laughs> is a Gremlins ripoff. And then we got Michelle Bauer doing weird stuff. She was a kind of porn star kind of actor who was in a lot of David Dakota stuff with uh, Linnea Quigley. She went on to be in a lot of weird low-budget sex stuff. For example, The Erotic Misadventures of the Invisible Man. Oh, righty. Sh- I don't think anyone should be surprised that that movie exists. <laughs> uh, have we talked in detail about Linnea Quigley's career on here before? I can't We remember. mentioned that she's kind of like a scream queen. Yeah, we did last time. Mm-hmm. She's a low-budget... Not low-budget, but she is a considered... A movie scream queen. She is considered one of the scream queens of the time. That being said, David Dakota continues his trend of using lesser-known actors for his cheap movies. I don't think he could get a well-known actor if he tried. No, I think it's happenstance that Linnea Quigley had such a significant career or the relationship with him that she was able to... Right. Uh, to continue to be in his stuff, which, you know, that's good. I really enjoy when directors have their, like, core group of actors that they work with. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to go to a Wes Anderson movie, I'm going to be I'm going to be greeted with the same familiar faces as the last Wes Anderson movie. Right. If I go see a Christopher Nolan movie, chances are pretty good I'm going to see the same five actors in that movie, too. Right. Plus or minus, you know, his usual. Nothing wrong with that. No. Caitlin, do you want to throw a brief synopsis at us? Oh, boy. Um, It's going to be very brief. Basically, this guy gets hired to do work at a rich person's house and ends up having an affair with the wife. Girlfriend comes to visit, gets kidnapped. The end. You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, I don't think anything else happened. 
No, there wasn't. And there were the the thing that I think is really funny is about this movie and about murder weapon in general is there are so many things that are set up that make you think that more is going to happen. Yeah. And then it just ends. Yeah. And like this I so this movie more well I don't know if I thought so more with this one or with murder weapon, but it definitely felt like it was building towards something that ended very abruptly. Yeah, I agree. But the thing that I thought was hilarious about the ending of this movie is how nonchalant the husband was about everything. Well, he really, he wanted that anyway. So he's like, this is working out in my favor. Yeah. Maybe nonchalant's not the right word. We, we can talk about that in a second. Do you want to tell us uh, the things that you liked the most about this movie? Uh, okay. Um, always a big fan of Linnea Quigley. I thought the guy who played uh, Chris, he did a good job. I really liked him. He was enjoyable to watch. Um, yeah, I thought the acting was better in this one than yeah, in Murder Weapon. I agree. I thought the acting was very good in this. Um, I thought actually everyone did a good job acting in this film. Um <laughs> I I enjoyed the anticipation of not knowing what was going to happen. So, like, you're right. It did set up a lot of things that, like, this could go this way, this could happen. Like, that anticipation of what could happen was enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing ended up happening, so that was disappointing. Uh, but I really think that's it. That's all I got. That's all you that's got. That's all I got. I was grasping at straws there. Yeah. I uh, kind of feel dumb saying how much I we enjoyed David Dakota, but like we can't really articulate anything that we liked about his movies. Well, I don't know. I feel like his better movies are definitely like Sorority Babes and... Uh, yeah, Nightmare he kind of he kind of peaked with those. Yeah, which is unfortunate because these came after that. He so I really liked. I felt like this movie, despite the low budget and the low quality of it, and one aspect of how it all comes together that we'll talk about in when we talk about what we didn't like about it. I thought that the movie at least made it made the plot feel complex. Yes. At times, that's true. which I'm sure somebody would listen to me say that and roll their eyes at me, but I, I don't know. Kind of like what we we've already said is like, it feels like it's building towards something. And I feel like the, I don't know if it's just the writing or if it's the way that it was filmed or what specifically led to it, but I did feel that there was a palpable sense of tension be with the housewife, Charlotte. Yes. Because she was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yes, she was. She really was. The first time... So, like, you... Okay, so even if you don't know what this movie is about... Within 10 seconds, you know what this movie's about. <laughs> Guy gets a job as a handyman, shows up to the house. Husband's not around. Husband works, only comes home on the weekends. 
what do you think is going to happen? Right. But then we find out that the wife has a two-way mirror into the guest house and a video camera so that she can tape him. Yeah, that that was that part was kind of weird cuz I I here's a a better movie that they could have done just like a running log of how many pool boys she's had and what happens to them. Are yeah. they all dead under her house? They truly might be. I'm not certain. What if, like what if she had been killing these pool boys this whole time and Meanwhile, her husband wants to divorce her, but yeah. has no idea that this is going I on. I mean, I legitimately think that's what was happening. Yeah. Lo and behold, the husband decides that he wants to divorce Charlotte. And he's like, I need to figure out a way to get rid of her because I can't give up half of my assets. And he's like, oh, I'll just pay the pool boy to have an affair with her <laughs> and then the husband finds out that he has a girlfriend and decides he's not gonna do it yeah he has some some morals i don't think it's a Question fact mark? of morals i think he just realized that money couldn't buy that even though at one point he didn't he even said try though money could buy anything yeah i feel like he gave up very easily yeah but then that makes the ending so much funnier when things like kind of work out for him. Yeah. But then she shoots him. Yeah. Spoiler alert. The other thing that I liked about this movie is Linnea Quigley. Oh, I always enjoy some Linnea Quigley. She was a bright spot on this movie that was kind of slow sometimes. Yes. Yes, it did. There were several scenes I was like, okay, let's move it along. Yeah, and I thought that I said to you at one point in this movie, I feel like if you and I were alive in the 80s, we could be best friends with Linnea Quigley. I know. she's She has the type of personality that, unfortunately, is not hidden by her acting. <laughs> Accurate. Like, what you see on the screen is probably how she is in real life. Yeah. And... You know, I think I think that'd be fun to hang out with. I know. I really want to meet her. That'd be fun. We should we should try to find a horror convention and uh, meet you know. her and Joe Bob and yeah. Darcy. We can be creepy like your uh, cousin. <laughs> get tattoos of them on our backs. That's too much. Never too, too much. much. Not for <laughs> not for Joe Bob. <laughs> what did you not like about the movie? Uh, I think it, it did move like very slow at times, so I was not a fan of that. Um, I did <laughs> that was just stupid, but I didn't like how many times people are on the phone. I just felt like this movie is literally just people talking on the phone. Like I'm so bored with it. Um, I didn't like that the video camera didn't really pay off her recording. I mean, it did, but it didn't. Like, why was she doing it? Yeah. Like, was she... I don't... I didn't really get that part, so I was kind of disappointed in that. And I kind of was just, just disappointed in the characters. All of the characters, except for Linnea Quigley, had horrible mor morals. And I was kind of hoping, like, yeah, maybe Stuart would be, like, a jerk. 
but like Charlotte would be like upstanding, but I don't know. That was just, I had high hopes, I guess. Yeah. You always have high hopes for people. I know. And they always disappoint. So I want to piggyback off of something that you said real quick and provide a little uh, context to the entire setup to this movie is over the phone. <laughs> yeah. The husband is only seen talking on the phone to the wife. Linnea Quigley is only seen talking on the phone to her boyfriend and vice versa. And at sometimes the uh even the husband is seen only talking to his lawyer on the phone. And the way that it's shot, it kind of seems like they weren't even in the same room half the time. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, do what you got to do to get the actors there. Mm -hmm. But maybe, I don't know, give us a little something that makes it seem like the space is cohesive. Mm -hmm. So that was a a problem that I had with it. And that's, that's a problem that I have with a lot of other movies and directors. It made me, like, realize, though, the difference between what could be a really good movie by David Dakota, like Nightmare Sisters, for example. Yeah. And what could be a poor movie like, um, what's this one called again? Deadly Embrace. Deadly Embrace. Uh, because you really have to be careful about how you plan things out and what kind of scenes you want to get, like how you want to shoot your scenes. Yeah. But at the same time, play devil's advocate a little bit, it just goes to show you what you are capable of doing with less. Yeah. I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is a very cohesive movie. Yeah, absolutely. That seems like it has characters who interact with each other on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. that are probably not actually talking to each other. Yeah. Like even when the wife shot her husband, Mm -hmm. it didn't even seem like they were in the same room together. No. Uh, even though they probably maybe, maybe were. were. I really don't know. He I could mean, have just added that at the end and had him come back or something. Yeah. And uh, he, well, we know that they were at least together for like the scene where they were like in bed. Yeah. And he got up and he's like, I got to go to my special red phone. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. If you're going to use a phone for a fairing, don't use one that's bright red. <laughs> Maybe. Um, what was the other thing that I didn't like about this? I didn't like Michelle Bauer's part. I felt like that whole part was um, just, I feel like he needed to pad the movie. So he was like, That's let me see. That's probably exactly like, what that was. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. So Michelle Bauer is credited in this movie as the female spirit of sex. And there's something weird. And do I want to say interesting happening in this movie where anytime Charlotte, the wife is aroused question mark or thinking about sex question mark she these like scenes of michelle bauer start playing of which there's this bright flashing light and she's undressing yes it's very bizarre and then this like scrawny high school looking kid shows up at some point and they make out 
It's very bizarre. It makes zero sense. No, it doesn't. Because what makes it weirder then is there are moments when Chris, the handyman character, is thinking about Linnea Quigley in a similar fashion. Yeah. And the scenes are shot almost identically. Mm -hmm. Minus Linnea Quigley does not make out with anybody. It's just a solo stripping affair for her. Yes. Yeah, I I swear he just used that to like pad his movie time or something. Knowing that he shot that after the movie was finished, it's safe to say that's exactly what that was. That's probably not the best use of what you could have done. No, uh, yeah. So that was strange. But in kind of piggybacking off of that, the sex scenes in this movie were very bizarre and very long. They're kind of like written by somebody who's never had sex before. That was we did have an ongoing discussion while watching this movie if the actors and or the person directing the scene and or the people who wrote the scene or if anyone on the set had ever had sex before. <laughs> because Chris is like rubbing his head into pick a woman that he's with. <laughs> and Charlotte is her hands are moving around erratically like she's like digging through her purse trying to find her keys. Yeah. Like frantically. That's what it looked like. Yeah. It was the longer it progressed, the less sexy it was. And that's really all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Really, there's only like the there's probably less than 30 minutes of plot in this movie and an hour of sex and stripping. Yeah. Plus the two scenes where Chris puts lotion on the ladies. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I realized that the more we talk about this movie, the more it sounds like we're describing like some Cinemax softcore (laughs) porn movie, but it wasn't. It wasn't, but it was close. No, it was just a weird David Dakota movie. That's true. It was was definitely meant to titillate the masses. Mm, No, I think just David Dakota. Just David Dakota. (laughs) Yeah. He was just trying to get enjoyment (laughs) from it. Yeah. You know... I was really excited for this to talk about this one because I thought we were going to have more to talk about than Murder Weapon. But the Wait, did like, you feel that way after we watched this movie? <laughs> I was hopeful, but now as we're sitting here I'm like I don't really know what to say there, about this there movie. There was not much happened. No. There's very little plot and there's very little action and but at the same time it was very cohesive, so it's like can't really pull anything apart other than it was slow. Yeah, it was. The acting was better than Murder Weapon. Yes, for sure. But I feel like the plot of Murder Weapon could have been more interesting. But it wasn't because it didn't make sense. At least this one made sense. Yeah, this one was pretty straightforward. I like how each character kind of had their own, like, traits, though. Like, Linnea Quigley, she was, like, an actor... I'm not sure what Chris's deal was. He was going back to prison. That part never really paid off either. 
Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about the talking about speaking about payoff. Let's talk about how the whole thing ends, and we'll talk about the camera at the same time. Which okay. one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about how it ends. So, throughout the movie, Chris is telling, I'm assuming, a police investigator what happened. Yeah. It's, you never see either of their faces. I was thinking it's a psychologist, but I think you're right. Police investigator. Yeah. It's yeah. just dialogue over two pairs of hands and some cigarettes in one ha- pair of hands is writing the whole time. And basically at the end of the movie, they're like, yeah, we can't find your girlfriend to corroborate your story. So you're going to jail for killing Charlotte and her husband. Yeah. Even though I'm pretty sure he never touched the gun. So couldn't they dust for fingerprints on that and see that he never touched it? Well, I feel like in the scene at one point, it, he does say your fingerprints are the only fingerprints on the weapon. Which doesn't make sense because he never Charlotte touched the gun. was holding the gun the whole time. Yeah. Was he making up this story? Maybe. I don't know why, though. Maybe the husband paid him to kill the wife, so he did, but then he ended up killing the husband, too. Or maybe Charlotte killed the husband, but he was still hired to kill her. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) See, now here, this gets into some interesting territory, because now we gotta ask, was Crisp a crisp? He he looks like a crisp. (laughs) Crispin. Crispin. Uh... This raises the question of whether or not Chris is a reliable narrator. And if you think about it, there might be some evidence to suggest that maybe he isn't. Because he basically goes in and his version of the story is that the second he walked through the door, the wife was all hot and bothered for him. Yeah. And... I don't know what girls are interested in, but he kind of had like a caveman demeanor. Yes. His face looked like that. And he was kind of built like one. I don't mm-hmm. know if that is attractive or if it was in the 80s, but uh, I would not think so. And that's really all I have to say about that. So is this movie a secret masterpiece then? That's the great question. (laughs) I mean... Because you're right. We are just assuming that he's a reliable narrator. But maybe it was all a ruse. Yeah. Maybe the police chief or whoever he's talking to at the end is telling us the truth. Because then we find out. We don't realize this. But he has uh, apparently priors. Right. Which would have been interesting to address at some point in the movie. Right. Uh, also, the other thing that I thought was kind of weird, sidetrack for a second, he took this job after going to a conference and seeing this Moreland guy, uh, Stuart, mm-hmm. and Stuart, they got to talking, and Stuart's like, oh, yeah, I need a handyman for the summer. Like, Go work for me. But then when they see each other, it's like they've never talked before. Yeah. Like there's no, uh, there's no, that's not even like a thought that there was a relationship there. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can't find Linnea Quigley to uh, collaborate with his story because she he killed her too. Yeah, that's possible. Maybe it was her. Or it was him who had her tied up. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I... 
it really wouldn't make sense, I guess, for him to tie her up unless she, like, caught him trying to kill Charlotte. Yeah. Who knows? And the other thing, too, is he... Actually, I don't know if Chris knew about the videotape because he never... Yeah, she... I think... I can't remember if he says anything about the videotape, but, I mean, we see the videotape there are lots of parts of his story that he should not know any information about but yet he seems to have known a lot about yeah which makes it seem even more suspicious true such as when chris and uh his his girlfriend's name is michelle by the way linnea quigley's character is michelle when chris and michelle are doing it in the bedroom and charlotte's watching them yeah, how would he know that? Yeah, how would he know that they were watching him the whole time unless he found like the camera after the fact, but he never yeah, really found still, the camera. No, we never see or that. Or talked about it. So let's talk about the video camera for a second because there's no payoff with the video camera. None. There's like minor usage of the video camera. So Charlotte, she's got this video camera behind the two-way glass pointing into Chris's room so she can watch him whenever he's alone and with other people, and also when she's doing it with him. And she records everything. Mm-hmm. And the only time this is ever used is, one, when she decides she's tired of standing behind the two-way mirror and goes into her bedroom and watches the TV with the, with uh, Chris and Michelle mm-hmm. on there. And... Uh, then later she uses the tape of... Chris and Charlotte having sex to show to Linnea Quigley whenever she's tied up in the basement. Like, you're dating a bad guy. And if this really was recorded, couldn't the police just take, like, get the video camera from the house? They could. And I'm sure that they looked throughout the whole house. But arguably, the videotape makes it look worse for him if he's having sex with both women. True. Because then it's like, oh, I'm trying to cover up my tracks. True. I left this movie feeling bad for him, but now I don't know. Mm, no. Feel bad for Linnea Quigley. That's it. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. Does feeling bad for him tie into your dating corner question? Like we talked about. You actually told me the questions in advance this time, <laughs> so I appreciate it. But I also put no thought into my answers. All right. You want to hear my dating, serious dating advice as a rant? Let's uh, let's <laughs> skip on over to Caitlin's dating corner and let's hear what she has to say about everything. Uh, this is going to be a rant. People should just turn off the podcast. No. Um, listen. Listen. I think people should just be more better and not be bad humans. And if you're in a relationship... Don't hook up with somebody else. It's as simple as that. It's just common decency. It's just being a decent human being to not do those things. The husband hooking up behind the wife's back. The wife's hooking up behind the husband's back. The boyfriend's hooking up behind his girlfriend's back. Um, Come on, people. If you want to be with somebody else, then leave the person you're with and go be with that other person. But don't just be doing it behind other people's backs. That is horrible and really just bad character. So 
there's my rant. I could keep going, but I'll save everyone my long-winded spiel. This was made me so mad. Yeah, Caitlin has a very low tolerance, (sighs) even in movies, for people who have affairs. Because it's just stupid. And cheat on their significant other. It's stupid. It is. It's stupid and selfish behavior. It is. It makes me so mad. You should be mad. So I ha- that was this movie was easy to pull dating advice out of. Yeah. Don't do those things. Yeah. Be don't a be decent an idiot. human. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Ready for my fun question? Is there a fun question that can be <laughs> pulled from this movie? Um. All right. I think this is could save some of our listeners from years of torture. What is the number one? sign that you're dating a crazy person definitely not the question that i thought that you were going to go with but we'll talk about the one that i thought was interesting in a second but number one sign if they start pulling their hair out wait i have two questions you have two questions yeah you can't have two questions you get one piece of advice and you get (laughs) one question if they start pulling their hair out that's a good reason to leave them yeah. That's a good sign. It's a definitely a good sign that they're crazy. Yes. You want to know what mine is? What? If they drive a Mustang. Yeah, you've... You <laughs> have, we had this talk before, and this is a very interesting p- conversation that is never going to fit in on our podcast. <laughs> Caitlin has these very strange... Not even entirely accurate stereotype beliefs about people who drive certain cars. They are so accurate. I have known personally two people in my life who have driven Mustangs. Both of them, horrible individuals. (laughs) Horrible. Okay. Horrible. Uh, Okay. So don't date people who drive Mustangs. Oh, I know three. The... One guy that your sister went on a date with. Boom. Three people who have Mustangs. All horrible individuals. All right. So, ladies. (laughs) Stay away from those Mustang drivers. Stay away from those Mustang drivers. (laughs) I don't... I would be very curious to know if any women listen to our podcast who weren't my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then Gretchen, go share this advice with everyone. Don't let anyone date... A guy who drives a Mustang. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there are so many different, an- so many, uh, I feel like we should have come up with like a laundry list of red flags of someone being crazy. There's so many, but for me, the number one is, do you drive a Mustang? And if the answer is yes, I will instantly not date you. I think the number one for what, for a guy to know that a girl is crazy Definitely. Like, crazy eyes is a real thing. Yeah. We joke about that, and it was a whole running thing on How I Met Your Mother, but it is 1,000% a real thing. Guys, just look at the eyes. My dad gave that advice last night to my younger brother. Yeah. Just look at the eyes. That's it's true. Yeah. It is very true. I wonder if you were to describe crazy eyes to someone... How would you like how would you convey like what crazy eyes are so that they can stay away from them? They're wide. They're always like wide-eyed. 
I feel like they don't blink as frequently either. <laughs> so apparently crazy eyes is a fun euphemism <laughs> for a sociopath. <laughs> well, it's not too far off, so. Yeah. Did you have a fun a second fun question? I did. How mad would you have to be at your significant other to let them get framed for murder? Yeah. Is so that we, the question you thought? That's the question that I, I thought they were. Okay. I had to share but my again, Mustang theory. But it, <laughs> but again, you only have one question. Okay, but I, I had to share my Mustang. <laughs> During the movie, as Chris was like talking to the police person, assuming that's who he was talking to, the th- you know the thought occurred to us how mad do you have to be at another human being to let them go to jail for murder yeah like let's assume that everything we see in this movie is accurate and chris did nothing i was going to say nothing wrong but let's assume that chris did not murder anyone mhm on the one hand like yes it, it linequally is justifiably has every right to be mad at him every right every right however human decency says i probably should not let this person go to jail for a murder they didn't commit Mm -hmm. sure really (laughs) you think that you let me get this straight you think that cheating and having affair means that someone should just go to jail for a murder that they didn't commit I wouldn't actively try to stop them from going to jail. (laughs) I mean, maybe if they were just better humans, then they wouldn't be in this position. So. So this is why I feel terrible (laughs) for Chris, because he goes to jail and Linnea quickly leaves him high and dry. Well, then maybe he should be a, a more better individual. <laughs> yeah, he should be a more better individual, <laughs> but people make mistakes, so... Mm, yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> well, it? so do you have any? Like, how mad do you'd be to let me go to jail for a murder I didn't do? Um. Yeah, okay. That that uh, Another way to look at the question... If like not, because uh, I think I'm we're looking at this through the frame of like having an affair mm-hmm. and then going to jail, mm-hmm. like just mad in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to be pretty freaking mad. Yeah, for but you like, what would I have had to do to make you that mad? Kill our dog. So technically, murder. So I should go to jail. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you would basically have to have already committed murder right. for me to be mad enough at you to go to jail for murder. Yeah, I get that. I would say that out of the two of us, I probably have more grace for you. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I am full of grace. Yeah. (laughs) I got grace on grace on grace. Okay. (laughs) How mad would you have to be at me? And here's another question. Would it, would the same standard be held to like your brother's? Or, like, a coworker. I think I would care would that person less have about my to, coworkers. <laughs> would that person have to directly wrong you for you to be mad enough for them to Only go to jail? 
I mean, like, only if they killed somebody. So you would just want people to go to jail for murder? Yes. But it, I'm just saying, if the exact same situation was reversed, and you were being questioned for murder, and you were going to leave me for the person you were having an affair with, I would be like... But you don't know. But we don't know that Chris out. was going to leave Lene No, I know. And I don't think it. he was. But I'm, I'm just saying that'd be my thing. If you were going to leave me for the person that you were having an affair with, I'd be like, well, I guess you can just go to jail then. All right. <laughs> I love you. I feel like this qu- this conversation uh, or this question opened up a massive can of worms that we you. don't have the time to <laughs> answer in this podcast. I love you. How many <laughs> different podcasts do you think we could have started with different ideas at this point? Because we got like our Saved by the Bell cast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. A Boy Meets World one, too. We got our, our BMW cast. <laughs> no, David Dakota. We could do a whole podcast just on David Dakota. This is true. Because I don't foresee him stop making movies anytime soon. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, do you have anything else that you want to throw out about the movie? I love no, you too, by the way. Thank you. No. No. Would you recommend this movie to people? Yeah. For you sure. think so? Yeah. I think it's worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I thought that this movie was interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I think if you're able to get your hands on murder weapon and uh deadly embrace from vinegar syndrome, check them out. You should definitely check it out. I wish that Vinegar Syndrome would sponsor this podcast. <laughs> That's like... We basically sponsor them to exist, so they should sponsor our podcast. That is like dream goal right there. Yeah. Do you think that this movie deserves more credit than it's received, or do you think it's been an, an appropriate amount? No, I think more people should watch this movie. I think it deserves a little bit more credit. It's yeah. pretty good. Like As a sort of weird precursor to Basic Instinct, I definitely think that it deserves to be watched. Yeah. Because there's some very interesting ideas here. And I feel like now that we kind of talked about the reliability of Chris as a narrator, it'll be interesting to watch this in the future. And I hope anyone who's listening to this podcast, um, hit us up on social media. Let us know if you think that Chris can be trusted or not. Or if we're reading too much into this and this movie is not a secret masterpiece. Do you have anything else that you want to add? No. All right. Well, thank you for listening. As always... We encourage our audience to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to uh, podcasts because we don't want you to ever miss an episode. We're going to take a brief detour to a romantic comedy for our next episode called Bounce with uh, Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow. It is about, I have to tell you what it's about. I don't want you to be surprised. Okay. It is about a man who switches seats on an airplane with another man. Uh-huh. So, like, like he switches tickets for an airplane because okay. they're not on the same airplane. Okay. That airplane crashes. Oh, no. And Ben Affleck, out of the goodness of his heart, becomes friends with that man's widow. Okay. That's movie sounds weird. Yeah, it sounds weird. It's also called Bounce, which is a very unfortunate yeah, name for a why? Uh, movie about that. But maybe we'll maybe it's explained in the movie. We'll find out. You'll have to tune in next week to find out if we know. 
and then after that, we're going to do another mini-series, which we are very excited to do. Um, but I'm not ready to tell you what it is yet. You can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash journey into film. And you can uh, throw some money or some uh, coffee bucks our way. And I know that I talk about Tee Public every week, but if you haven't checked out our shop yet, we just introduced a new T-shirt a couple weeks ago called the, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it says, is this movie a secret masterpiece on it? So you can be part of the inside joke now. And we would love to see people wander in the streets wearing one of our shirts. And as always, the links to those are available in the show notes. And don't let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they are probably wrong. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week.